We bless you and praise you and worship you and magnify you. Lord, we lift you up. You're worthy to be praised, worthy to be adored, glorified, magnified, and exalted. Thank you, Lord, that we are in need of you today. We need you today like we need you no other day. Because it is the day that you made for us to rejoice and be glad in. So we thank you, Lord, for blessing us to be able to have fellowship with you and sweet communion with you today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So we will end this service with our communion, and I want to minister some to you on why we receive communion. Um, Many churches have a regular uh, schedule for when they have communion service, but um, the Lord has uh, told me, uh, not to try and, and do a traditional regular uh, with communion because it it sometimes it can dilute the meaning of it for people. There's so much confusion about communion, about what's present at the communion table. Um, <clears throat> Catholics teach that, that the body and blood are actually translated into the real body and blood of Jesus. Um, that's not quite true because he's not... Um, in that form now it is he's in a spiritual body so this is a spiritual um, operation and it is something that if you understand it and you understand what is taking place during communion it will help you and benefit you greatly Uh, there are people who believe strongly in the power of communion there have been times where God has told me uh, to minister communion and for deliverance for people uh, we would do communion with foot washing at different times. You know, when uh, sometimes when you're young in the things of God, you're more flesh than spirit. And so that's just true, period. There's no harm, no foul. You know, you, it's just the way things are as far as life and God's realm is concerned. And so we would have great reconciliations to take place over the foot washing and over the communion. The foot washing, we we do, did it to humble ourselves to one another and we found that great uh, times of of, uh, forgiveness would happen Uh, family discouragements and and, uh, uh, things of broken relationships got mended all kinds of things would happen around these situations and so I'm very very thankful for that Uh, I know people in, in some churches people tell you if you've got something against somebody don't take communion well, you you defeat the purpose of it. You, you just forgive the person. That's what the communion table is for, is to offer forgiveness so that, and you don't have to go run to anybody and tell them you forgive them for They don't even know what's going on in your little brain. So, you know, let that be, be between you and God. Unless he points something out, you know it's an offense and you know you need to make it right. But we shouldn't be carrying those things around for very long. We should take care of those things immediately. Amen. So, but if if that is an issue and God points that out to you, then we have to take care of these things. But there, we have problems that that plague us sometimes. Uh, one of the problems that mankind has had since the fall of man was sin and separation from God. We just had a propensity to selfishness. The solution was God's holy blood sacrifice. That's that's what the communion table is based around, is the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 
the problem we have often when we as we walk with god we have weaknesses in our lives where we can't seem to master certain things uh, we can't seem to uh, get over the hump so to speak you know it's like we go around in a circle we get to a certain point and then we tend to just fall back again and, and get up and start running and get to a certain point fall back again those are weaknesses some people it's cigarettes some people it's uh, you know just looking at the wrong kind of television wrong kind of movies all of this stuff can be taken care of at the communion table because God has has given us a solution where we receive his strength and we begin to live the overcomer's life so that's really what communion is for is to exchange our weakness for Jesus's strength and know that it's a done deal and so we're, we're going to everything we need for life and godliness is in our blood covenant with our holy God so everything that you need is in that covenant, and you celebrate the covenant at the communion table. Sin separates us from and makes us the enemy of God. I know many people that, that used to serve God, now they're running from it. You understand it's, it's sin, something they've done and didn't handle it properly, and now it's chasing them, and it's keeping them separated from God. His eternal foolproof plan was to redeem us out of the devil's power through the blood atonement. His foolproof plan is included, it included instructing us in his ways. So once you're born again, God begins to teach you his ways. Why? Because he has something to teach you with. Your spirit has been born again. When you don't have his spirit living in you, there's no teaching you anything. You got me? And so he has this entry. The way you enter in to his kingdom and his life is through the blood atonement. We have to go through uh, the way of righteousness through acceptance of his eternal sacrifice prepared for us before we knew we needed it. So God prepared this for us long before we knew that was what we needed. In Isaiah 54, Isaiah prophesied about our sacrifice. Isaiah 54, 4. <clears throat> Let me see. Oh, I'm sorry, 53. Why did I write 54? Oh, devil, stop it. 53. <laughs> I know it wasn't 54. It's 53. And verse 4 says, Surely, he, this is the NIV, took up our pain and took our suffering. So in the communion table, what if you've got sickness in your body, you're going to leave it and pick up Jesus' strength. You're going to renounce that and, and turn away from it and pick up the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. Since he has borne our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was trust for our crushed for our iniquities so anybody looking on jesus would think he was being punished for his own misdeeds but that's not what it was so the communion table helps us to look at things with a spiritual eye and spiritual clarity instead of just looking with a carnal frame you notice all the people who stood around and watched jesus being crucified the majority of them thought he had it coming to him you saved everybody else save yourself who are you calling to bring you to come and get you you can't do any that was the majority of people felt like that 
only a handful the roman centurion says surely this was the son of god the thief hanging on the cross those were the people who humbled themselves and looked with a spiritual eye in order to see the sacrifice of christ you have to meditate on what he did and look at what he did with a spiritual eye and then you will see that these things were done for you that you might not have to suffer them in your own body he says we all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned to our own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all so the same people that were making fun of jesus were the ones that he were die- was dying from and it's that way now in society you've got people who uh uh recently the uh, kim burrell was supposed to be on the ellen degeneres show she was turned down like ellen has some power over her you understand what i'm saying and so we have to get to the place where we understand who we are but we understand also that the enemy is trying to get us to be responsible for something we're not responsible for this is not our word we live by this word but we didn't author it and we can't change it even but the best thing to do is try to live in the benefits of it and you can do that if you understand the power in communion in your blood covenant he says he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth had he tried to defend himself this would have all been for nothing that would have been uh, the deal would have been reneged you understand me so jesus was not there on his own behalf some of us could benefit from that sometimes you know we spend sometimes way too much time defending ourselves trying to explain ourselves trying to get ourselves out of trouble but sometimes the enemy just wants to point the finger at somebody amen just let him say what he says you know who you are and god knows who you are he says he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is silent so he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment he was taken away yet who of his generation protested for he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people he was punished so jesus was punished in our place but for our sins and our transgressions he is a substitute and payment for sin pain sickness peace and that means restoration of all things with god the father so god is pleased with jesus sacrifice and this is the only thing you have to keep in mind because the devil will try to interfere with this and try to tell you what he thinks about you or what he thinks about your situation or what he thinks you can't do or what you can't have but leave him out of this this has nothing to do with satan this locks him out of the whole process the fact that you go to the communion table and and share the elements between you and christ partake of his body drink of his blood to bring uh supernatural replenishment to your spirit your soul and your body it affects every area of your being there was no deceit in jesus's mouth as a man so he qualified as our substitute he is 100 percent qualified to substitute for us so there's no need for you to have to defend yourself or have to feel like you're in this alone or you he's done everything already 
even that little thing that you don't like about yourself that you wish would change, he can take that away today. He can substitute that weakness for his strength. He, he, will pour, he poured out his life to justify many. And he lives now to intercede for us according to the will of the Father. So that's in verse 12. It says, verse 10, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. This deal was settled before you and I ever came into being. God the Father and Jesus his Son decided that when man sinned and they knew he would sin, that Jesus would give his life as a ransom for all of humanity. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. That's us. We are the offspring of God the Father. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. So you are justified because of the blood of Jesus. That means that you can ask anything that you want from God. You can, you can believe God for anything that you think is a hindrance to you. If there's anything in your life that needs to be corrected, go to the communion table and exchange your weakness for his strength. Exchange your doubt for his faith. Exchange the condemnation that plagues you all the time for the freedom that he will give you in a clean conscience, your conscience purged from dead works. And he says he will divide the spoils with the strong. And we he is our strength. Amen. We are not strong in ourselves because he poured out his life unto the death. And he was numbered with the transgressors because he bore the sins of many and he made intercession. So his death was an intercession for us. His death interceded for us so that we would not go to hell. And he forever lives as a sacrifice making intercession for us now on our behalf at the throne of God. So his intercession never ends. It always is there. In uh, 1 Corinthians 11, if you go there, we all know this scripture. I hope it's 1 Corinthians. It may be 2 Corinthians 11. See, I'm, I'm just second guessing myself uh, Corinthians 11 mm-hmm. hang on it is second hang on mm-hmm. 11 I think it's 28 and 29 it's supposed to be mm-hmm. I messed that up. Hang on. First, say it ain't so. <gasps> See, I doubted myself. I gotta, I gotta deal with that at the communion table, huh? Sounds good to me. All right, all right. It, it started verse twenty-seven. It says, "Well, no." 23 for i received from the lord what i also passed on to you the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me the 
thanksgiving over the broken bread. Remember thanksgiving whenever Jesus would, it multiplied and increased. So that allowed his broken body to be payment for many. Amen. So God increased it right there. So it covers all mankind. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So what you're doing is you are declaring, when you take communion, I know Jesus died for me And in this area of my life, I claim total victory over this weakness because he was he died in my place and paid for this weakness that I have, whether it's sickness, whether it's poverty, whether it's, you know, running around where you don't need to or whatever it is. He paid for that and you proclaim his death until he comes. So then whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That's all you need to do. It's God search me. Whatever it is, I confess it right now. Forgive me, Lord. I want to come to you clean and holy because I want to partake of these elements and let them enrich me and build me up in the right way. He says that for those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment to themselves. That's why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. So before taking communion, take a minute or two and ask the Lord to search your heart. If there are things that you know that are separating you and God, attitudes that you hold on to, things that you know you need to deal with and ask God to deal with them, all you have to do is lay them down and pick him up. You don't have to fight yourself to quit doing nothing. You don't have to struggle with yourself to stop doing anything. The struggle is over. Amen. Because of the shed blood of Jesus, the struggle is over. Amen. Before Jesus went to his death, he invited 12 men as representatives of the church and of humanity to cut the covenant with him. This was for friends only. When you would cut covenant with someone, they were pledging their friendship to you. But we know for a fact that every man that cut the covenant with him was his enemy. They didn't have the ability to be friends with God. Amen. So Jesus took care of that. So even though he's cutting covenant with unworthy people, he still did it anyway. Him cutting the covenant with the disciples, even though they weren't able to pledge their loyalty to him at that time, was symbolic of the fact that we come to him just as we are. He supplies the strength. 
He supplies the righteousness. He supplies the ability. He gives you the ability to keep your end of the covenant because he now lives in us and wants to live in us in a greater and greater fashion. And so this is why we cut, we have the communion table is so that he can come into us in a stronger, just occupy more territory. That's the way I look at it. He comes in and he, he deals with you and allows you to offer up the things that you know are not helpful to you. Things that you question, things that you doubt, areas that you have problems, unanswered prayer, whatever it is. Offer those things up to him and see if God will not infuse you with new, new strength, new hope, and new confidence in these things. Jesus, during that meal, the terms and conditions of the covenant are clearly spelled out to the disciples. Jesus' rule is that we must examine ourselves before we partake of his body and partake of his blood. We have to come to him in sincerity and humility. That's all he asks. He doesn't ask perfection. He doesn't ask uh, you do it yourself and get your life together before you come here. Come as you are and let me deal with the things that are hindering your walk with me so that you can give over more of yourself to me and you can live a fuller life in me. Matthew 26, if you'll go there, we're going to go through some of the things that Jesus talked to the disciples at the covenant table. Now you remember when a person would cut covenant, we talked about this before, um, there were certain steps or elements that every blood covenant included. One was, of course, the cutting and the shedding of blood, the commingling of blood, so that the blood was mingled in the bloody hand. In the new covenant, the blood is not commingled for obvious reasons. His blood would annihilate ours. Amen. So he he is the the soul. He and the Father, Jesus and the Father are the sole principles in the the new covenant. It's not a man and God covenant. It's a God and God covenant, and man gets the benefit of it. We just say yes to what they're doing between themselves. Remember when when Abraham asked God, how will I know that you're going to give me an heir? And God put him to sleep. And he told him, he said, you go get, get some animals, split them down the middle. And he put Abraham to sleep. Why? Because he wanted a sinless covenant. So a sinless God cut the covenant with his sinless son and Abraham took a nap. Which is where all sinners need to be when holy work is getting done. You understand what I'm saying? And so that was the same thing. And this same thing was played out with Jesus and the disciples. Remember when he went to pray in the garden, what did they do? <laughs> Absolutely. And so when God doesn't want us in his business, his holy business, he lets us go take a nap somewhere so that he can get his business done for us. Amen. We come along at a later time and partake of the benefit of it. What could be easier? Amen. So in Matthew 26, so I'm glad you, you, you kind of refreshed in your understanding about how this covenant operates. That's why the curse is broken. There's no sin on the new covenant. And there, cause there's no, there's no curse on it cause there's no sin on it. It was cut, cut by a sinless father with his sinless son, the Holy Spirit being, 
the uh, the uh, executor, the executor of His will. Amen. The Holy Spirit executes everything in God's will for us. So Matthew 26 and verse 20. So in in 1 Corinthians 11, we saw the instruction was to examine ourselves. In cutting this first covenant, when you when when men would cut covenant with one another, part of that was to examine one another. It was common for them to examine one another. For instance, if if I'm going to cut covenant with with Miss Juana, and she wants uh, to to have a relationship with me, a responsibility covenant wise for one another. As was typical, people would join forces that way. That's a lot of our treaties and things like that are kind of simplifications of the old blood covenant. But when you would cut covenant with a person, we would work out terms of the covenant. And so I would say, Juana, if you if you lose your job, you can come stay at my house, but you got to pay rent. No, you know what I'm saying. You agree to undertake for that person in their time of distress. So we would list all the things she wants me to be responsible for. So you have to examine one another. I have to say, well, do you have any kind of assets that, that I could have in the case of my situation? And so in men-to-men covenants, usually it was kind of even bored, you know. But then every now and then somebody would really get blessed and find somebody that's got it all. And so your, your lack is absorbed in their wealth. Amen. So that you can come to Jesus broke, poor, busted, disgusted, and all of your nonsense is absorbed by his blessing, his wealth. And if you can't live holy, that's okay because he'll help you do that too. He's the holiness that you live, right? And so when we understand that, you have to examine one another to get the terms worked out. So what Jesus is doing at the Last Supper is he is examining the disciples. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Let me get back to my book. I said, because I made some notes. I said, I don't want to lose my place because there's a lot of stuff here, but it's not going to be long, I promise you. Uh, Matthew 26, starting in verse 20, this... uh, Okay, 17, on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparation for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go to the city and a certain man and tell him, the teacher said, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. So this is the examination that you do working out terms of the covenant. So Jesus begins to spell out their unworthiness to sit at the table. This was prior to him going to the cross. Amen. 
nobody there was worthy to cut the covenant with him. He said, one of you is going to betray me. He said, all of you are going to scatter and leave me. We're cutting a covenant of strong friendship. And you right now, you're saying you're going to be my friend to the end. But I'm telling you, none of you is going to be able to carry that out. Why? Because of our sinful state before the new birth. After the new birth, we're able to carry some things out, but with his help. If we didn't have his character and his spirit living inside of us, we would be able to do nothing as far as our part in this covenant. And so before he goes to the cross, he examines all 12 of them and finds them all sorely lacking. Even Peter, when he speaks up for himself, huh? Now we all know Peter should shut up while he's ahead, but he never ever has gets the hint. Huh? And so he says, <clears throat> they were all sad and began to say to him, uh, he says, when evening came, Jesus reclining, he said, I truly tell you, one of you will betray me. They were all very sad and began to say to him, one to another, surely you don't mean me, Lord, because this was a, a strong friendship meal. They were declaring their friendship during the Passover. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Rabbi, surely you don't mean me. Jesus said, you have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in the Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. When Jesus told them, this very night all of you will fall away on account of me, for it is written, I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep of his flock will be scattered. But after I've risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter said, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you truly, Jesus said, this very night before the rooster crows, you're going to disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. The Bible says that he was despised and rejected of men, numbered among the transgressors. So, And they all turned their backs. Uh, they esteemed him, beaten, but nobody came to his defense. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and said, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you, not men, could you men not watch with me one hour for one hour? And he asked Peter, Watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So this sums up why we need the Lord. 
our spirits are always willing don't we raise our hand yes lord and all this but the flesh is weak we go out of here and forget we you know most of y'all forget you got to show up at church tomorrow because you feel like you done done a day already this week just saying not indicting anybody just saying but you know what it is we watch over how much time we give god don't we we want to give him too much <laughs> we we might look like we need him for something uh-huh. so jesus was 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 betrayed by one of his disciples and he was rejected and disowned by the others in luke chapter 22 the same situation same account show you maybe one or two things that are a little bit different so you get an understanding of what was going on Luke 22 starting in verse 15 when the hour came Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table he said to him I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Then a dispute also arose among them as to which of them would be considered the greatest. This just shows you the communion. This is the first communion table, y'all. See, this is why the New Testament instructions are to examine yourselves. These men had no ability to repent to get cleansed why because jesus had not been crucified yet so this shows you our utter and total need for him our utter and total need for his cleansing blood our utter and total need and dependence every day for the sacrifice that jesus has done for us so depend on that every day because without him we can't even not argue at the communion table you understand what i'm saying so they're fighting over who's the greatest jesus said to them the kings of the gentiles lorded all over them in other words y'all ain't kings and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors but you are not to be like that instead the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves for who is greater the one who rules like or, or rules like the who it's great let me see instead the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves for who is greater the one who is at the table or the one who serves it is is it not the one who is at the table for i am among you as one who serves you are those who have stood by me in my trials and i confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred it on me 
so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he tells Peter that Simon, the, the Satan has tried, wants to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. So there is your guarantee that Jesus has prayed. Whatever your need is today at the communion table, Jesus has prayed for you and your faith will not fail. Whatever it is you're asking him for, if it's healing, it's deliverance, it's a new job, it's the ability to stand and believe God and go out and conquer and get the things he has for you, your faith will not fail. That's what you get when you have communion with God. You take on his strength. So Jesus is interceding for us right now for the needs that he knows that we have so that our faith will not fail. And he says, um, he says, and when you are, have turned back, in other words, when your faith is, is strengthened, then strengthen your brothers. In other words, use what you have instead of trying to be bigger than them, strengthen them and minister to them out of what you've received. He says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you wherever it goes. He says, you're going to deny me three times. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, let me see. Yeah, that's when they come to arrest him. So that's the covenant terms of the covenant according to the gospel of Luke. Um, This was a foreshadowing of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus keeps referring to drinking of the fruit of the vine in the kingdom and that's what he's referring to he's referring to the the marriage supper of the lamb and jesus said this is the last wine that i'm going to shed with share with humanity until i drink it anew in the kingdom and so we see uh, scriptures that tell us about the father's table being set for us and those invited to the wedding and so forth and so on. And that's what Jesus is alluding to. He has a greater and a better place for us. In John chapter 13, I'm just going to read some highlights of it. I don't want you to read it because it's long. I was reading the, the trying to find the different accounts of the terms of the covenant. What terms did Jesus give us to have to fulfill? And there really are none. He looked around and saw a bunch of sheep that could barely stay faithful to him, that would go out and betray him, that couldn't do anything right. They started fighting over who was the biggest and the greatest right there at the communion table. And so Jesus says, this covenant has already been cut between me and the Father before the foundation of the earth. He wasn't looking for perfect people to get involved with. He's looking for people who can acknowledge their weakness, their sins, their faults. The one thing that did come to pass for all of them was that they all faced their desire to to save themselves rather than go with the master. Because they saw him being crucified and being punished and they wanted no part of that. And Jesus knew it. He says, I'll take it all. You don't have to take the punishment. I take all the punishment. And so this covenant was cut with weak, sinful people who don't know how to serve God if you tell them to, but he's teaching us. We're working on it, right? And so part of communion is to work on these things. 
when I was reading in John 13, that's the that's the Passover meal, and then I started reading the succeeding chapters of John until uh, verse uh, 18, when they uh, yeah when they come and arrest Jesus. All of these chapters are terms of the covenant. It tells you what life will be like with him. You know, in John 14, he talks about the the comforter coming. He talks about this breaks down all the benefits of the new covenant. And so if we'll look at that, we'll understand Jesus fully explained to those disciples what they were getting into. When when he when they had that Passover meal, they knew the disciples knew what the Passover was. It was for their atonement, and they were thinking a lamb would be produced at you know by the priests like it always was. But when Jesus went to the cross, it was toe up from the flow up because there was no more temple anymore. There were no more place for that old sacrifice, and they knew something different had transpired and something different had happened. And so they would, again, reflect on what Jesus told them would happen. In John thirteen seventeen, Jesus washes their feet of an example of how we are to relate to one another. We are to serve one another. In John thirteen thirty four. He commands them to love one another. He said, a new commandment I give to you. Instead of bickering and fighting like you've been doing, I command you to love one another. Amen. He talks prophetically in John fourteen fourteen and says he is going to prepare a place for them that where he is, they may be also. Fourteen six, he says he is the only way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by him. 14.9, he said, he and the Father are one. When you see me, you see the Father. So there Jesus takes care of their shelter because he's prepared a place for them. He takes care of their life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He takes care of their unity. He and the Father are one. He says he wants us to be one like that. In 14.13, he says, ask whatever you do in my name. So he changes their names now. They bear the name of Jesus. In 14.15, he says he is sending an advocate to them, the Holy Spirit, who will be there to, to comfort them, to lead them and guide them. He will guide their prayers. He will guide their words. 14.23, The only condition is that we obey him. He wants us to love him back. He says, if you love me, you will obey me. 15, 1 through 8, he says, abide in me and my covenant promises are yours. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will and it will be done. He explains all of this at the Last Supper. Did anybody ever be aware? I'm ashamed to say after 30 years of reading the Bible, this is the first time it ever became really aware to me. That this is what this is. But I thank you, Jesus, for showing that to me. And Amen. Praise God. Amen. In John 16, that's one of my prayers to God all the time. God, show me something. Show me something I didn't know before. Teach me things that I need to know. Amen. He tells us to abide in him, 15, 1 through 8. Abide in me, and the covenant promises are yours. 15:18 Don't look for love from the world, but the world will hate you. He says, "But I am with you even more. I will fight for you." 
John 16:16 16, 16, instructions for staying in the covenant. In 16:33, he says he has overcome the world for us. Tells us we'll have trouble while we're here, but be of good cheer, he has overcome the world. He tells to examine ourselves, our weaknesses, our pride, as it was with Judas, with Peter, it was his pride and fear. They all that they had to all lay their weaknesses down so that Jesus could take them up and help them. So God is here to help us in communion, folks. He has done everything. It's a sinless covenant because it's cut with a sinless God and his perfect son as a sacrifice. If we can pass out the elements now, we're going to start taking a few minutes. Whatever your need is, God has said you don't have to be perfect. He cut the covenant with people who were brawling and fighting at a religious ceremony amen but he knew for a fact that when his work was done for them and they allowed his work to be done in them that they would be changed so we're going to allow his work to be done in us so that we can come out stronger we can come out in full awareness of all of the uh, things that this covenant provides It provides so much more for us sometimes than we are ever aware of. We want God to be fully responsible in our lives. Amen. We don't want to have to be the ones to make all the decisions, to do all the work. You can't make yourself worthy. You saw that with the disciples. They weren't worthy, and he cut the covenant with them anyway. Amen. So it's for the weak. It's for the ones that can't quite get it together. Anything that we do, we do well through his strength and his power and by how he leads us. And he's leading us today to the table where we can allow the things that are our enemies, the things that hinder us, things we wish were different. Oh, if only this would change. If only I could. This is where we lay that down. So you're on one side of the table and Jesus is on the other. And he wants to pass you elements that will bring strength to you, bring greater love to you, greater peace, greater understanding, more of Christ dwelling in you in a greater and greater way. So we're going to believe that at this table, things that are hindering us will be left here, never to be picked up again. Amen. Never to be picked up again because the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to annihilate these things and cause us to be raised up in glory. Greater glory is what God wants us to be uh, in. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Miss No. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks, Miss Jackie. Ooh, whole wheat. Wonderful. Probably. That makes a difference. Amen. Yeah. Jesus was betrayed for us. Amen. Some of you have been betrayed. You know, it leaves a deep wound. And, and uh, he knows that. And so he wants you to leave that here. Amen. Don't take it out of here with you. He's here to take it away from you. Uh, rea- the reality of it. You know, the the hindering part of it, the re- remembrance of it, 
all of those things he wants you to leave that here and partake of his new life that overcomes betrayal overcomes sickness some of us are are sick in our bodies we're challenged we have we don't have it we're not intact he died for our peace the bible says the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him so he paid the price for you to have that and he wants you to lay down all physical weakness some of us are are mentally challenged and when i say that i don't mean you don't think right i mean the enemy torments you sometimes you you have a hindrings uh thoughts in your mind of of lack uh inadequacy all of those things he wants you to leave those here and partake of his strength his sound mind his courage his faith his confidence everything that he is we are in the world if we will allow ourselves to partake of that whatever it is that you you think is is uh, uh an issue for you of course you are to confess your sins if there are things that you know that that God doesn't approve of or or things sometimes we're a little too defensive uh, we think it's a big deal if we have to apologize to people. We have that stubborn pride that wants to sift through every conversation and see if we're wrong before we before we apologize. I got news for you. You can apologize anyway. Sometimes you just misunderstand people. Misunderstanding is probably the biggest sin we have among ourselves. We try to read each other's thoughts and minds and we never get it right. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to lay that down. Just trust God trust him more sometimes we're not trusting in god we don't take that next step of faith that he's telling us to take so that we can capture what belongs to us and we need to let that fear go there's nothing wrong with with stepping out in faith and and finding out that wasn't what you thought it was going to be so step out again because god's always with you when you step out amen sometimes we don't know what to look for when we step out in faith we think well, this is the end of the journey and it's just the next step. And so God wants us to be confident whenever we move out in step faith. Just take that next step and know that he's with you. He loves you. He wants to encourage you to live this life for him. So whatever it is that you feel you have a need of, allow God to strengthen you in that area. So, Father, we partake of your communion table. We eat the bread and we drink the wine and we thank you, Father, for putting your son Jesus on the cross in our place. He died so that we can, can love one another. He died so that we can be strong in helping one another. He died so that the Holy Spirit can take more, take more control of us. Help us more, Holy Spirit. Help us to know what it is that we are in the earth and what we need to do thank you lord let's spend your time with the lord we're going to pause for several minutes and allow you to just talk to the lord about your need talk to him about your faults your failures talk to him about the new level he's taking you to he wants to realign we said yes to a realignment that's going to take strength that we've never known before so we need to take the time to make sure God knows we're ready. Thank you, Father. We want to take this next step. 
And we want to lay down all things that would hinder us. You know what they are, Lord. We confess them to you. Father, we ask your forgiveness for our sins where we've done wrong. We don't want to keep, we don't want to be repeat offenders, Father. We want to do things right for your sake. We thank you for that. we thank you that we remember that your body was broken for us it was broken for us so that we could be mended and be whole nothing missing nothing broken you suffered on our behalf that we might live a whole life in this life we thank you for that thank you for Thank you for your shed blood, Lord. We partake of it for new energy and new strength. It's the blood that infuses us with power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power in your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Who has some music we were going to, somebody, did you cue that music up for us? Yeah. You can play that now, Marcel, as we finish up. Just continue to meditate. Just see yourself receiving what God has for you. It's a holy moment between you and the Lord. Determine to come out changed. Amen. For his glory.
the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death unto sacrifice anything to help ourselves just partake of what he's done for us amen amen praise god amen amen praise god god is good amen all of the provisions of of the covenant are in the uh, gospel of john those scriptures i gave you uh, i'm going to go home and meditate on them because that gives me a better idea of everything that we receive right now so I didn't really mean to skim through it, but we didn't have time to just read everything. It would have taken uh, twice as long, but I want to bless you with that because it was a revelation to me that uh, that's what we receive. Just all of that we receive. So we can ask anything in his name, be able to abide in him without failing. Don't have to think about yourself so much. Just enjoy. Enjoy what God has provided for us. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. So we're going to have our uh, our lunch right now. We've, does anybody need prayer for anything? That that's the one thing I didn't didn't ask for. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Well, y'all smart. Y'all got y'all from God. Just now. Amen. Praise God. That's good. Praise God. I try to be faithful when he gives me something for people so i believe i've given everybody a word that he had a word for today and ministered to him so praise god amen father we thank you for this opportunity to come before your communion table fellowshipping with you let you tell us what your provision is let you assure us that we have what we've asked for let you do the whole thing the way you want to do it jesus so we honor you and we love you and we bless you for it i bless the people who are watching with us on the internet i thank you lord i pray for miss tony miss tony you are healed and i thank you for that brother ravi you are healed at the communion table we thank you lord for healing them father i thank you for those who are watching little brooklyn is healed in the name of jesus thank you lord for all of those who are watching and receiving from you receive his body that is broken for you drink of his blood that was shed for you partake of that take it into you so that it can bring life everlasting confidence and trust in him in this life and we thank you for it lord open our eyes afresh to your promises in jesus name amen so while we're setting up go to two or three people tell them you love them and you glad they came to church today amen
Praise God. Amen.